From Mediacorp and One Up Media, this is Post Love. Essays on love, life, and everything in between. Maybe it's not marriage. Maybe it's love. I just hope that someday someone would love me. Well, because I've only loved one man. Love. I've got all sunshine. Never going to feel no other kind of love. One night that changed everything. It's always the most random events in your life that result in the most significant ones. And yet, that's the way life works, nine times out of ten. Perhaps it's so we can say to ourselves with wonder, isn't that strange? Isn't that funny? Isn't that amazing how this huge thing took place all because of this one thing? chance circumstance leads to an impromptu situation followed by a hasty split-second decision and fate makes its move. The random event in this case was one hot, sultry night out after a long, arduous day at work when a couple of my colleagues persuaded me to accompany them for a night out to decompress. How could one night so inadvertently change everything. Going out for cocktails was not even something I did under normal circumstances, as I'm not really a big drinker, but that was the nature of that day. The big boss arrived from overseas, and we had to put together three days of live presentations with many complicated parts. As soon as the VIPs went off for the after-hour session, we underlings were free, yet too frazzled and too mentally exhausted to go home. We found ourselves at a new dance club on Clark Key by the river. The kind of place where beautiful people met, connected and left together. And there I was, dressed prim for the office. They're now down, loose and unruly. Too fatigued even to eat, the three of us drank to our success and jobs well done. To our future at the company and to the raises that we deserved. At that point, three fellows, foreigners, sauntered to our table, toting drinks and bottles to share, asking to join us. We looked at each other, already tipsy, shrugged and laughed. Taking that as a yes, they set themselves according to the inclined attraction. Or at least, that's how things fell. Sitting right by me was a fellow with sandy brown hair, named Gregory, who came from a small suburb of southwest London. He said he was visiting for the first time. Well, welcome to Singapore then. I crooned, pulling out a husky voice I hardly even recognized. My name is Jasmine. He smiled at me, light and easy, making prolonged eye contact. And when he stood up, I noticed he was taller than any man I'd ever been with. That night, both the wine and Gregory's attention had me thoroughly intoxicated. And before I knew it, I was completely out of my element, only dimly aware that both my colleagues and his had left, saying their own inebriated goodbyes. In that strange way, alcohol relaxes minds and tongues. We had easy flirtatious banter <laughs> as we navigated the crowd from table to dance floor and back to table again. 
all the while staying close enough to touch accidentally on purpose. And yet, I cannot remember all that much about what we discussed. What I do remember was the unmistakable chemistry of our bodies and the beckoning warmth in every physical instance. His hand around my waist now and again as we danced, me tiptoeing to whisper in his ear, and he bending down to whisper in mine, our thighs touching side by side as we sat and sipped and savoured the hypnotic exhilaration of an instant romantic connection. This was not a first for either of us, by any means, but yet, for some reason, it felt like it was. We held hands while walking by the river back to his hotel, feeling the night breeze on our skin. And then, wordlessly, we took the lift up to his room. Once the door was closed, kisses blossomed like rosebuds, giving way to tantalizing caresses too exciting to bear. We found ourselves intertwined in a passionate embrace and surrendered to the encounter without thought or care as the night whisked away. The next thing I knew, rays of sunlight burned against my eyelids and the techno beats of the previous night pounded in my throbbing head. I opened one eye and saw Greg roll his naked body out of the bed. Immediately, I remembered what I had done, but for the life of me, I could not remember why. A wave of regret washed over me. I caught him quietly getting dressed. Feeling my gaze, he glanced at me and shot me an affectionate look. How are we this morning, darling? I'm so sorry, but I have to head to the office. But have dinner with me tonight, alright, love? I want to get to know you better. Last night was amazing. Apparently, Gregory felt no such regret. I took a deep breath. What I wanted to say was, Thank you for last night and I hope to never see you again. But it was impossible for me to decline the invitation while the sheets were still warm. I nodded. Okay. Sorry, love. I'm already late. He put on his shirt and looked around for his phone. Book a table for two at your favourite restaurant at 7.30 and then let me know. Text me. Gregory stopped short, realising I didn't have his number and he didn't have mine. Text me here at this number. He grabbed a hotel pad and pen and jotted it down. Ta, Jasmine. See you later. And he left me alone in his room with an open suitcase. I felt bad. I headed home, took a shower, popped two Panadol and headed to the office. Later, I booked a table at a chili crab place. Loud, full of tourists and not at all romantic. And under the hushed bright lights of the restaurant, I looked at Gregory and felt nothing. The previous night was clearly a mistake, an impulse move that shouldn't have happened. And I had the difficult task of trying to tell him that as soon as possible. I refused the beer he offered, sticking to lime juice. I talked lightly about a whole array of topics. And when we finished, I signaled the waiter for the bill. Let me take this, I said. He was a little taken aback. Shall we go somewhere else? Greg asked. I told him I was tired and had to go into work the next day. But I'm flying back on Sunday. He tried to pull me close and whispered, 
Come back to my room, Jasmine. I knew I had to be clear. Listen, Gregory, about last night. It was just... Last night, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen again. Gregory's face fell. But I think I could really love you. You don't even know me, I said kindly. We don't know anything about each other. He was quiet, letting the truth of my words sink in. He looked at me searchingly. Can we at least stay in touch? I'm going to be back in town next month, and I'd really love to see you again. I nodded. Sure, fine, okay. Call me. In the weeks that passed afterwards, Gregory texted me a few times. But there was really nothing much to sustain the connection. The next time I heard from him, he was saying that the trip to Singapore had been postponed for another month. I texted him back, no worries. I tried to put the entire encounter out of my mind, to sweep it away as nothing more than a drunken mistake that shouldn't have happened. But I couldn't, because six weeks later, I discovered that I was pregnant. I was immediately thrown into a circus of mixed and tumultuous emotions. Shock, uncertainty, apprehension, fear, and regret. The mistake had resulted in another mistake. Now what? What would people say? What would people think? I lost no time at all in making an appointment with the doctor, only managing to get one three days later. In those three days, I was deep in thought. I did not love Gregory, nor have any feelings for him. And yet, he was definitely the father of this child. My first thought was to ask the doctor to terminate the pregnancy. It was certainly early enough for that. And yet, something made me waver. An emotion that bubbled up from deep inside me. I was single and employed. I rented my own flat. I knew I would have the support and understanding of my family and closest friends. I had always wanted to be a mother, so why shouldn't I have this baby? When the doctor showed me the heart beating on the screen of the ultrasound, the tiniest of flickering, I was filled with sudden certainty. Even though I knew that the path ahead would be fraught with challenges, being in Singapore especially, which is still a very conservative society, I knew I could not terminate the pregnancy. I would not let myself make another mistake on top of the first. Summoning the courage, I decided to reach out to Gregory, needing to share the life-altering news that I carried within me. I wrote, In the same way that I did not plan our meeting, I also did not plan for this. I'm sorry, but I wanted to tell you that I'm planning to have this baby because I've always known I wanted to be a mother. I was completely honest and told him I had no expectations of him and that he did not owe me or the child anything. I did not hear back from him for two weeks and then I got a text. I'm going to be in Singapore next week. I want to see you. We met for coffee in the middle of the afternoon. He looked the same as he did when I first saw him. We smiled at each other, 
then sat down and ordered our drinks. Coffee for him and herbal tea for me. I'd stopped drinking alcohol and caffeine since I found out. Are you seeing anyone? Greg asked. I had to laugh. I told him no. I asked if he was, and he told me he hadn't seen anyone since me. I smiled and shrugged. So, you're having this baby, he said. I nodded. I want to help. You don't have to. I want to. I like you. I'd like to be a part of your life, he said. As a friend, I said. As a co-parent and as a friend. And who knows what else in the future. I let my eyes meet his. But I knew myself. He was nice enough, but I did not know him. I don't know you, I said. Get to know me. I'm going to be very busy. I I really don't have time for relationships. Fine, whatever you want, but I'm the father, aren't I? I want to be part of this baby's life, no matter what. Gregory was firm. I shrugged. Okay. We shook hands on it. Time worked its usual magic, and within a year, life had changed beyond recognition from that sultry night at Clark Key. The heady chaos of late-night feeds, fitful sleep, and sweet fasts replaced my career-centric days. A child, a curious and enchanting being, was the sun around which my world revolved. Amid this joyful turmoil, a picture of Gregory nestled among the others on our living room wall. He was there, albeit digitally, for our child's every milestone, his face beaming with pride on the screen during our regular video calls. An unusual bond was cemented, not just between our child and us, but also between Gregory and me. It was as if the spark from that unexpected night had evolved into a slow burn of shared responsibility, mutual respect, and enduring friendship. Our arrangement was far from conventional, and not without its challenges, the greatest of which lay not within us, but within the fabric of the society that surrounded us. The law in Singapore viewed our child as illegitimate due to our unwed status. Despite the fact that our child is free to grow and forge a path in Singapore, the implications of our legal status withheld numerous benefits, affecting both him and me. From housing privileges to maternal incentives, like baby bonuses and tax relief, the repercussions of our unconventional arrangement are deeply felt. When our status became apparent, Gregory's periodic visits to Singapore were fraught with an underlying tension, a gentle reminder of the legal quagmire we found ourselves in. But I'm grateful that we choose to focus on the moments of joy, the laughter, and the little parenting bloopers of our small yet resilient family. As I watched our child giggle at Gregory's antics on the screen, I felt a strange sense of peace amidst the uncertainty. Indeed, there were quiet, contemplative nights when I found myself questioning whether my child would in time question the unconventional path I had set us upon. Nights where I would wrestle with whether or not I had made the right decision in the first place. All of this had come from a mistake after all. An accident born out of exhaustion, 
inebriation, and poor judgment. How could something good come out of this? How could a single chance encounter change the course of your life? Weren't you supposed to work hard and plan and prepare for the things that you value the most? Your school, your career, your family? These were the thoughts that often invaded my mind. Thoughts that made me question if I deserved to be a mother. But perhaps that's the way life can be sometimes. You won't always get what you want. And you won't always like how things come by. The most you can do in times like these is your best, if only to remind yourself that mistakes don't have to be complete failures, or that a single chance encounter can actually change your life for the better. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Post Love, brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by OneUp Media. If you would like to share some feedback or share your own stories, drop us an email. Our email is found in the description. This episode is produced by Yo Guangjin, audio engineering by Marie, voiced by Gloria, and script by Noel. Special thanks to executive producer Danny Cordy from MediaCorp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Post Love.